What is up, Combo Nation? And welcome to episode 487 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. This episode was recorded on June 30th, 2023. And a lot of news has went down since then. Keep that in mind. But a lot of great information on this one. Martin Weiss of Fox Sports Radio joins in. We discuss James Harden opting in to opt out, essentially. Should Knicks fans be happy about the James Harden to the Knicks rumors? Is Lil Wayne actually the greatest rapper of all time? That and so much more. Just a fantastic conversation with Martin. You could catch Martin on Fox Sports Radio intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to Combo's Court. How you feel, man? A lot of news around the NBA today, and how are you? I'm doing well, man. This is a it's in, this is the time of the NBA where it's it's like high school, right? It's like the high school cafeteria. Everybody's got a rumor. Everybody's got a story. It's like, wait, is he gonna go sit over here? Is he gonna sit over there? Which team? You know. So it's it's a it's a good time. Most definitely. I mean, you seem to think it's good for Philly that Harden is opting out to opt in. I guess for lack of a better term um, well it's a trick it's tricky with the nba in terms of that because nobody ever opts in to a good situation right you only opt in if it's like the 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 best possible amount of money that you can make but like draymond green opts out he's going back to golden state overwhelmingly yeah. like right unless you know russell westbrook opts in what a year ago in los angeles there's no doubt he was going to opt in. He's not getting $47 million on the open market. So I think when you see guys generally opting in into their player option, they either got hurt or they don't have a market out there. Yeah, I think Draymond stays too. Like I tweeted recently, I think Dame inevitably leaves and Draymond will stay where he's at. Staying on Philly for a second. I do not believe it's good for Philly because you have to start the momentum train over with Joel Embiid and somebody else. And I think continuity means so much in this league. Even if you are critical of James Harden as a playoff player, it's just going to be a restarting process with somebody else. Yeah, but at this point, there's there's 14 years of evidence of James Harden's career in the postseason. Like, at a certain point in time, you got you can't keep getting mad when the sun keeps coming up. In between seven, I mean, six and seven in the morning. It's just what it's going to do. Like, you could be mad about it or you could adjust around it. And when you're looking at the salary that James Harden is going to command or is commanding when he opts in, I feel like, especially when you look around the league, I mean, the the, uh, uh, Golden State just got Chris Paul for a salary dump, right? Yeah. Essentially, right? I know Jordan Poole, you know, he's a player, you got title, all that. But he essentially, they were trying to get off his contract and they got back a Hall of Famer. NBA is in a weird place right now. I think if you you could probably move Harden and get some guys, but I really think honestly the best thing for uh, Philly is more Maxi. 
I think Maxie's usage rate goes up, and I think that he could be a guy that could take the next step. And I think Harden is kind of, you know, in the way of that. Yeah, he definitely has to take a leap, and then they have to make some moves around the edges for them to remain legitimate contenders. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure, but so, I mean, it, it, but still, ahead. it's still with Embiid though. If he comes and he's right, you have one of the things that only Denver really also has, and that's a seven footer who's a big time legit seven footer who can dominate the ball, dominate scoring. That's almost if he can go, who in the East is supposed to stop him particularly, right? So like not really anybody. So I think it but I I do think that like with Harden, his usage rate and some of the some of the uh like the body language stuff, like I'm a big football fan, and they always football coaches tell you always make a mistake going 100, percent right? Go, I mean, going 100 miles an hour. James Harden will go make a mistake going. He doesn't get about above 45, right, at this point in time with this game. And I think that when you see some of those like maybe back to back turnovers in the playoffs, and he's just kind of going back, I think it's demoralizing. Yeah, I think Joel Embiid and Harden had that thing with the body language. Oh, they both they both sure. don't seem fully engaged at times. Definitely not, but that's that's part of the reason why I like I like Maxi because he's downhill often to the rim often. But to your point, they're gonna have to surround them with other people. Like it's not a great look for PJ Tucker to be, you know, given the pep talk in Game Six. Like you should be able to kind of like do that yourself. Yeah, PJ Tucker has to shoot the ball when he's open. That's a whole other topic for another day. But <laughs> Knicks fans are not happy with the rumors. I'll tell you that right now from what I'm seeing on Twitter. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be like, why would you? I was I was just on yesterday on, on Fox Sports Radio with Chris Broussard, and we were talking about this. I said the Knicks have had the this is prior to like the Bing Bong season. This is the best feeling season the Knicks have had in like twenty years. Like you you know you, you competed. You were a real team in the East. Like the team that took you out went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like you could you know you could plug your nose and and and, and you know close your eyes and. Think about it and be like, "Hey, we all we were almost there." So no, I don't. I don't think that. Do they need pieces? Yes, but like to move, taking the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands is not the solution. Yeah, I think two things can be true. I don't think it's good for Philly, but I do agree with you that James Harden does have to look at the mirror in the mirror at some point, right? Is there a situation that you think fits best for him? Somewhere where it would be similar to the Brooklyn scenario, where he was not necessarily regarded as the primary scorer. And when you look throughout his career, you see him thrive in Oklahoma City when he was younger as like the clutch time point guard, right? You saw him in Brooklyn, you know, what, 10 years later, <laughs> playing almost the same role with Kyrie on one ring a Kyrie on one wing and KD on the other wing, right? I think if he can go somewhere, so like I hear the Clippers talk, it's interesting to me, but I kind I don't, once I'm not here with the, if the Clippers get healthy, it's like if the Clippers <laughs> can stay healthy, you know what I'm saying? It's like they need to get healthy first. And, and that's just not a reality for me. It's kind of like, but if, in a perfect world, both of those, you know, the Clippers staying healthy and James Harden going there, I could see that being somewhere he kicked the Kawhi, kicked the Paul George. They've been looking for a point guard forever. They went and, you know, kicked the tires on John Wall last year and actually talked to Jerry West last year. And he was, like, saying how John Wall was, like, the best player they had in practice and 
He was running around. He was like crazy. So they need, they've been looking for somebody to distribute the ball there. James Harden would be great there. But again, that's General Hospital, you know? So (laughs) Jerry West also said to Podcast P, like, yo, you guys are never healthy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Speaking of Kyrie, yo, it's crazy. Like all these guys in the Nets have, it feels like they've all moved around like three teams already, even though, you know, Kyrie only made one move to Dallas and Katie made one move to the Suns and, Hard is about to be on his second team since then. I feel like all this moving around from some of the league's best players is actually good for a team like Denver, who's built on continuity and chemistry. Well, not only that, the thing about what, what makes it good for a team like Denver is it's established, right? We know that this is going to be two-man game, Jokic and Murray, right? If you're in that scenario and you're fitting pieces around that, yeah, I think you're in a primo position right now because especially with the new CBA and the way that it's all kind of working out, and I and full disclosure, I haven't read all 672 pages, right? But I read some of the summaries, and what it seems like to me, the max players got hosed. But the rank and file, the NBA middle class is in a much better position than it once was. So I think, especially now, like guys like Bruce Brown, KCP, the Michael Porter Juniors of the world, they're, I think that'll that salary will start to – like Michael Porter Jr. makes the max, and Bruce yeah. Brown is making like – you know what I'm saying? I think we'll see a compression of that, which will make it a little bit almost easier, I think, to build – well, the goal is to easier to build average teams but to your point, if you're Denver and you got your two stars already, or you're uh, even if you're Minnesota and you have a feeling about like I, I feel great about Anthony Edwards, I got one big guy. I'm trying to figure out which one I'm going to keep. You know, you can move around and build around that. So I think if you have an established like solid wing player and solid post, you're in a good place. Do you think the Lakers should run it back? I ask you this because things did go pretty well after free agency for them. And it seems like this could be LeBron's last year in LA. He might follow Bronny wherever he goes. Who knows? Maybe the Lakers will draft him. But what are your thoughts on the Lakers running it back? And do you feel they should? Uh, At this point, I would run it back tentatively, right? Like, we got to go back to the start of the season. It's a long year, 82 games, I get that. And then, you know, some, you know, 16 wins in the playoffs. So you got about 30 playoff games, too, that you're, you know, long-ass season. This Lakers team started out 2-10. and 10. You know who was on that roster? Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, the guys who were coming off the bench and making, like, they traded for Malik Beasley who was posted on the bench and didn't exercise his option. They traded for Jared Vanderbilt, who was unplayable at certain times in the playoffs, right? D'Angelo Russell was on that roster, right? He was on that 2-10 yeah. roster. They traded away Russell. Like, I know that it's kind of ghost to say and not like the best. And it's not, I'm not even trying to take a shot at Russ in this moment, but it's undeniable to say they traded away Russell Westbrook and the usage that his 30% usage rate, when it was spread across Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker, and the rest, it improved immensely. So to me, what does it say? Do the Lakers run it back? I don't know about all the way run it back, but what I do think is, hey, you know what? 2020, Rob Palenka, 
built the championship roster, right? And you've seen some of those players go on another one to go on and win another championship in KCP. 2021, I mean, 2023, sub Russell Westbrook, you were four games away from the finals, right? Four wins away from the finals, right? Maybe LeBron. Maybe just maybe, hey, just let him do his thing because it seems like he, he might just be good at it. You know, I know everybody, I know, I know everybody points, points at it, hey, what about this? What about this? What about that? But like, you know, three title, you know what I'm saying? Western Conference finals appearances are not just growing on trees, you know? Yeah, that is true. Yeah. I mean, this is always a conversation. Like, it's almost like when it, comes to critics and maybe media, but I guess we're part of the media in a sense. It's like 29 teams have failed every year, right? Sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> you go, like this, I grew up, again, as a huge football fan, I grew up a fan of the New Orleans Saints. When I was growing up, we used to go to the games wearing paper bags over our heads because the team was so bad, right? <laughs> you want, all you can ask for for your team is to be in the fight. Just be in the fight. You know, all you Philly fans who are sick about Harden and, and how sick it is, you know what? You could be a fan of the Orlando Magic. Yeah. You know, you know so it's kind of like, you know, and I'm not saying that, obviously, if I was in Philly, I'd be pissed too. It's been some pretty bad playoff flameouts, but at least they're in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't think Dre leaves, but if he does, it's an end of a dynasty, Um, in my opinion. Do you see that as well? Well, it's interesting. I don't see him leaving. Me neither. But part of me, I'd say this. This is the first time I ever considered it, right? The first time I ever thought about, like, the first, this, this is the realest it's ever seemed, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? If I got the lotto ticket, so I've scratched out the first five, the first two of five, and like, wait, wait, I got two right so far? Wait a minute. But no, I'm not going to hit the lotto on this, right? But I think that Golden State and maybe, and it's easy to do sitting here right sitting on the couch or sitting on podcast radio but like what i saw in the last two postseasons for golden state was steph curry is an incredible incredible basketball player and he can carry a team for an extended period of time right that's kind of what i took from that and we they kind of went and like wiggins played well last year especially right uh last postseason but this year, you look at Clay, he's not the same guy. And that's not a knock. Most people wouldn't be. You know what I'm saying? Like, if yeah. he, if in fact, if he were playing at the level that he was playing five years ago, he, drug test him, right? Like, this not something's not <laughs> right, you know? <laughs> and then, right. like, Draymond also is aging, right? But when you look at Steph, look at the first-round series against the Kings. It was Steph Curry and Kevon Looney. Like yeah. essentially, Steph mm -hmm. shooting and Kavon rebounding for Steph shooting, and that was the game plan, right? High pick and roll, and then they ran out of gas in the second round. If I was the brain trust of the Warriors, I would look at the only sacred cow that I would have in Golden State is Steph Curry. Like I would be like, I'm not saying I would be looking to move these guys, right? And I like, I'm not like open to moving everybody, but. I would be fat. I would look and see what Clay could get me on open market. Look and see what Drake could get me on the open market. If not, if no other reason that I feel like my championship window is tied to Steph Curry, and I, it would be ugly. It would be disastrous. Don't get me wrong. And sometimes, like pro sports, 
Sport can go out like the Lakers did with Kobe down the stretch where it's like, we're going to pay you a ton of money. We're not going to be real true title contenders, but we're going to, you know, everybody, this is the way we want you to retire with us because it's important to us, you know, but if I was just a cold, hard tactician, you know, GM, I'd be looking to see what I can get for those guys. That's interesting because I feel what made Steph great, not what made him great. He's obviously great in his own right, but the fit with Draymond and Clay just always felt perfect. So it'd be interesting to see if, I mean, if he can win a championship without those two, I mean, I don't know what that does to his player rank <laughs> all time. Well, you know, so the thing is, but part of the fit was so good. Why? Because Clay was a lockdown defender. So and Steph Dr- didn't and, have to defend. And Dre could initiate you know? offense and move without exactly. the ball for sure. Yeah. And so I think, you know, not Draymond hasn't lost that initiative, uh, the, the ability to initiate the offense and that things, but I think on the defensive end, they have lost some of their luster there, where now I think you, you're looking at their starting five. Andrew Wiggins is the guy that you probably would prefer to have the main, you know, the, the main score on the wing on the other team. That before, that was Clay, hands down. So I think it's that thing you got to just kind of – Steph has not dropped any level of his game. If, not, if nothing else, he's gotten better. And he's 35. You know, it's, it, we, that was the story of the Lakers and the Warriors. It was all like LeBron is so old. It's like, yeah, like – LeBron is two, three years older than, or four years older than me, but Steph is only two, like a year old. Like we're right there. Like we were in college at the same time. And I know how I feel when I get up in the morning. So I can only imagine how Steph feels. So I told you earlier, I think Draymond stays. Like you mentioned the Kings earlier. I don't even think that fit makes sense with him. It's a bonus in playoff minutes. Um, shifting to Dame. I do believe that both sides actually would like to see Dame leave, but obviously they can't say it because it hurts their leverage. I mean, part of me wonders how much Dame does want to go. Because really, really, bro, all he has to do is pick up the phone and make a call. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you really wanted to do it, if you really wanted to get out, you could get out. Like, I think it reminds me of like University of Michigan football. They always want to hire as their head coach a Michigan man, like Jim Harbaugh played at Michigan. Brady Hope played at Michigan, like. I like to say, like, they would like to win, but they don't want to win. They would like to win, you know? Like, you look at other schools like Clemson, Alabama, uh, Ohio State. They are going across the board. You're doing whatever it takes. Like, I'm trying to think of an NBA example now. But, like, uh, here you go. The Denver Nuggets trading two sec- three second-round picks or whatever they traded for Thomas Bryant. Why did they do that from the Lakers? One more person that can't guard Jokic, right? That's a that's a move to think, okay, look, we're going to see this team in the playoffs. He didn't get off the bench. They were playing DeAndre Jordan before Thomas Bryant. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, he didn't get off the bench. Right. He would have played for the Lakers. Right. And yeah. then you look down in the Western Conference Finals, and you got Rory Hachimura guarding Nicole Jokic, right? That's a, that's a move. That's a move like, well, we need to win. We are going to win. You know what I'm saying? That's a move you make with the future in mind. So, you know, it's, I kind of think of it like that. I with think, Dame and, and Portland. Like, I think they would, they would they would like to win. It'd be great. The The best case scenario is like Scoot Henderson comes in and he's the next Clay Thompson, right? And all of a sudden, boom, you're walking in there. Jeremy Grant resigns and he turns into like, 
you know, a 40% three-point shooter. And like, hey, now we're making real noise in the West. And, you know, it's a great Giannis story. But like, like, there's a reason why Giannis' story is on Disney+. Plus. Like, it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. I think it's just better for both sides that he leaves at this point. I think the Heat would be a great fit for him. I don't think, though, that the Heat should let Bam go for him. Like, I think Bam and Jimmy have to be untouchables for them to make the trade. Yeah, I think, well, if you're, I, my biggest takeaway during the draft was if Miami does not come away with Damian Lillard out of this, like the window's done, right? Like, and, and it may be premature to say the window is done, but this playoff series, this playoff run was a lot of spit and glue, right? Like no disrespect, but Giannis gets hurt, you know, Randall's in and out of the lineup, you know, and then the Celtics, you know, second row Joe is seemingly, you know, out of his element, you know what I mean? So it's just a whole lot of different, and I'm not trying to take anything away from them at all because I love what Miami does, and I think that they can continue to be successful uh, uh, at the baseline because they have, they're so good at scouting their talent. They're so good at seeing what other teams in the NBA can't see right that that that's what it is everybody talks about their undrafted players they clearly have a value somewhere that the rest of the nba does not have and that's why they're able to fill out their rotation with six undrafted seven undrafted guys you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. who are coming in and playing big time minutes playing big roles so but what we've seen you need your stars you need the guy you need the guys you can depend on down the stretch you, you need them to deliver and I think that Bam is best served as a Draymond plus, like a Draymond with a little bit more shooting, a little less defense. When he's your second offensive wet, offensive threat, it think it becomes an issue. You need another guy out there with Jimmy. And I thought Damian Lillard would be the perfect fit, especially in terms of heat culture and this and that. Like, I, I think it's a little overblown, but I think there's something real there to where, like, James Harden, not so much. Damian Lillard, yeah, sign me up. Yeah, they need talent at this point. At the end of the day, they definitely maximized what they had in terms of their right. roster. Okay, let's shift gears slightly. Big news out of the other company in Bristol. They laid off all kinds of people. Um, what are your thoughts on this when it comes to the landscape of sports media? It's an interesting time, right? So we're, like, 20, 20 years really from like the start of the internet and it's you and it and it's growth right so i think it's just going to be i mean first of all it's, it sucks right it sucks to be trying to find a job right now and it sucks to be knowing that looking over your shoulder whatever job you have you know could be gone in a moment but um ultimately you know we had newspapers in this country for you know 150 years right and then the internet in 20 years pretty much gutted the basis of that right and a lot of it had to do with the advertising base now everybody's streaming things everybody's is watching things in different ways so the advertising numbers are not necessarily in the same place that they once were which is why now the money is funny i think what eventually will happen i don't think that there's going to stop being an appetite for people who wanted to see people talking about sports or for that matter people who are interested in the news and to that point you look over the last 20 years with the advent of the internet, there's more news sources and sports sources than ever before. It's just, you got to really be on it and question the veracity and how true 
you know, and be able to have a good idea of media literacy, right, of what's going, what's actually going on, separate, you know, real from the fake. But I think what eventually happened is there'll be a new addition to the business model, right? Because right now it's primarily funded by ads and advertising. There'll be something else that will influx it. And we've seen a little bit of it in the last five years with gambling, like sports books now are sponsoring a lot of shows and content. People still have an appetite for this stuff. It's just who's going to pay for it. It's almost like it's fragmented now, right? And the attention is all over the place. And that's how, that's what's going to be interesting about the future. Like how do podcasts play into it? Do we even watch sports on major platforms anymore? I don't know. And I think there'll be more ways to hear your favorite influencers and content creators talk about that sport, maybe even in the game, like in game commentating and all kinds of crazy. Like, I think it's going to be really interesting where this thing all goes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really, it is going to, it, the thing is, it's definitely changing, right? It's yeah. definitely changing. So if you're like, if you're not, you know, not to say on the cutting edge of that, or at least not aware of that, well, but what, but what is like, what, what is the cutting edge? That's like what you, everybody has to figure out in a way, right? Like, what's next? Where is this all going? Well, sh- you know, shoot, if I knew, <laughs> I'd be doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> all right. I, full disclosure, you know what I'm saying? If I knew what if I knew what was next, I'd be trying to jump on the trend so that way I could be a little bit more satisfied. Nah, nah, you're there. You're on Fox Sports Radio. You're on Cowboys Court. You're doing big things, Mario. You're doing big things. Thank you. All man. right. Thank you. All right. So last thing, I'm throwing a real curveball at you here. All right. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure you never heard this question before. Who has a greater case to be the greatest in their field? Little Wayne or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Oh, you're right. I've never heard that before. Uh, see, that's an interesting one. I would have to go with Kareem mm. because of this. And it's kind of a cop-out. But, but Lil Wayne never had anybody trying to stop him. In the in the direct sense, it was never somebody's job to stop. Like it was Bill Russell's job, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, to try to stop Kareem. And it was, it was people's job to try to stop Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And it wasn't necessarily that they had much success, right? But it was somebody every day had to wake up and be like, "Dog, I gotta go mess with 33 in LA tonight. Like I gotta go, I gotta go take get this taken care of." So I think that I, I will go with Kareem, but uh, but you know, actually, I heard a little birdie. We might see more Lil Wayne coming up soon on in sports media. Believe it or not, yeah, it's funny because like I've actually been thinking about his music a lot lately, and I just been thinking to myself like, why isn't he the greatest? Why isn't he considered the greatest? Like I personally listen to Jay Z more, full transparency, sure. like over the years. But I'm like, man, this guy really does have a great case to be the greatest rapper ever. He's such an artist, and he's still in shape. The thing about Wayne to me, it really drives me nuts. Is people say that he like, uh, you know, rebirth and on that he like lost his touch, and then you hear two three years later, everybody's got to rock a guitar in their song, right? You know what I'm saying? It's like everybody's rocking out, and like you know, and Paramore is going crazy. It's like everybody is is doing. The stuff that he was doing, right? And so, to me, it's like Wayne is like a like like LeBron right now, right? If you sit up and look at twenty one year twenty one LeBron and be like, oh, you know what? 
he couldn't win a game in the Western Conference Finals. He's falling off. It's like, well, I mean, sure. <laughs> like, but I mean, what are we talking about here? You know, so he's been he's been at the height of his game since you, like for a little way. He's been at the height of his game since he was 13 years old. Right. How 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 much how long are you expecting him to be at the like you know what I'm saying? It's like at a certain point, he'll trickle back down to top you know, top five alive right now. And that's perfectly fine, right? Because it's still, he's still great. But like yeah. when I was in high school growing up, man, he was, he was a, yeah, no doubt. He's To me, he's the best for me. Yeah, it's almost like people forget about everything you've done that didn't happen this past week. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's, yeah, so, I mean, just what? ask, you know, I got, I'm, we're over here looking at the, Greatest prospect ever, apparently. Since oh, yeah, I'm you're old enough you're, to remember you, LeBron. Oh, you're a Wemby skeptic, aren't you? But I, I'm just, I feel like I'm a Wemby <laughs> real, like a realist. Like, I don't like because the thing I feel like so much of this is hearing other people say what other people are saying, right? Like, I didn't why I, I haven't grinded Metropolitan's 92 tape, and maybe I'll sound <laughs> like an idiot because I didn't, right? But like, realistically speaking, bro, like, you're telling me that this guy is supposed to walk into the league. Like, like they talk about he has guard skills, right? Mm -hmm. Like Kevin Durant was a six eleven guard. He was like not guard skills. He was a six eleven guard. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't have. It wasn't like oh he can also do this, right? And a lot of the things I think we're attributing to the skills level, like he he can. He'll be able to play weak side defense because he'll block four shots a game because because that the potential there and a lot of it is potential and I'm not and look I get it I'm just a little sick of the every single year probably the sixth most uh, popular basketball player in the NBA not being an NBA player you can go back from to Zion to the hype around Zion that's interesting. Was, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just yeah. annoyed with, like, Chris Tapps, Chris Tapps, Porzingis before him. It's like, everybody, like, let's let them get here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, let's it's, let them get it's here. It's funny. It's like, yeah, it's like happen. people try and push the guys out, but bring in the guys in too early at the same time. It's like, once you get here, no, everybody wants to see who's what's next. But I guess that's part of, like, the social media era, right? Like, just the era we're in. But I mean, you know, it's just you know, you had Trey, Trey Young, and Luka Doncic. Uh, you know, the, there was a big controversy between them two, and who's gonna yeah. go? And I, and is Luka gonna be Michael Jordan Jr. Right? And and he's been <laughs> incredible. He's been incredible. Right? He's been incredible since he got into the league. Right? Trey Young's had his ups and downs, his playoff successes, and so on. But Luka's been incredible. Right? Hundred percent. Like. You didn't know, like you weren't in Serbia, like you just heard Jonathan Gavoni or freaking, you know, t- you know whoever else is, you know, over actually Brian Windhorst over there, and you're like you don't know for sure. But what I do know is that overwhelmingly, when you look at the NBA draft and you look at the top thirty picks, fifteen of them will not sign a third contract, right? You know what I'm saying, like shoot 10 of them you will not remember their name or the teams they played for in the league when you look at it 10 years later so a lot of it is like like you know anthony bennett was the number one overall pick in my in the last decade and i no no shade to him he's still playing for canada but it's just the point of like people bust like we don't know there's no way to know and every day we watch these draft picks and everybody oh i guess amen thompson oh look 
he's, he's you know, he's uh, he's Ray Allen Jr. <laughs> Jordan Hawkins. Jordan Hawkins played one year at UConn, and don't get me wrong, it was a hell of a year. They went on a run, but they're sitting there at the draft and they're making this comp. Ray Allen, Ray Allen, multiple time NBA champion, one of the best shooters to ever walk the earth. Ray Allen. It's like, no, nah, man, he probably gonna be our right. just okay. Like, show me the draft comp. Like, this is the thing that so like everybody's like, oh, he's the next LeBron, he's the next this. Give me the next Jalen Brunson, and I'll be great. Give me the next Jalen Brunson. Give me the next seriously. You know what I'm saying? Give me the next De'Aaron Fox, and I'm good money. Like I'm good. I'm I'm good there. You know. I mean, like, I like I, just, I, I, I like that because everybody thinks like people that don't really pay attention to basketball. I I don't know if that's the right. Maybe like a casual thing. Like there's LeBron and Katie, and everybody else doesn't matter. You know. And and I love that you appreciate some of the stars that are not as known, right? And they should be appreciated as great draft picks, right? Over the course of time. Well, and. I mean, people like people bag on Jordan Poole. He was a first round pick making plays in the playoffs. He's a champion in, in his second year. Yeah. Champion. Right. In his second year. Yeah. Look around the league. That ain't happening. So like people yeah. t- like people think I'm crazy because I said the Spurs are going to make the playoffs. It's like, yeah, the Spurs are go- like, are they Victor's not going to win rookie of the year? Like, what, really? It's like he might not even play 65 games to qualify for rookie of the year. Look around the league, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like that's that like, team cre- that team created load management as well. So that's that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> like look around the league. Like, I don't think that's a hot take, but I say it, people are like, what? Oh, man, sorry. <laughs> Martin, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find you? Social media, Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, I'm on social media at Martin Weiss, uh Saturday show. Martin and VJ, 7 to 10 Eastern on Fox Sports Radio. And then Extra Points Podcast Network. Me, Cousin Sal, and Dave Damashek give out some gambling advice. Try to send out some winners. You know, it's all free over there. You know, everybody else is subscribing this and that. You know, it's free and fun. So there you go. Free and fun. Always good. Martin, you're always welcome back on the show. Thanks for taking the time. And talk soon. No doubt, bro. Have a good one. There it was, another episode of Combo's Court in the Books. Big shouts to Martin for joining in. We appreciate you. You can catch Martin on Fox Sports Radio. Combo Nation, punch down on that subscribe button wherever you listen to Combo's Court. And drop a comment. Let me know where you think Dame Lillard will end up since he has requested a trade. Appreciate everyone who tunes to the show across the globe. And be on the lookout for episode 488. Combo, out.